Welcome to The Seeker's Quest. I'm here. I'm Radha Pritchie, one of your co-hosts. Um, and I'm here with Chaitanya Charan, our spiritual scientist, and Vedasar, who last episode I called the humanitarian. And I left you a message to see if you're okay with that and you didn't respond. So I'm going to keep calling you that until you tell me you're not. <laughs> How about because... Veda? How about Veda? Okay. Okay. We can just go with Veda. All right, Veda, Veda and Veda and Tron. Uh Good to be here with you both today. How are you guys doing? I think, I think Chaitanya uh, is in spiritual ecstasy. Yeah, she's in Vrindavan, right, Tron? Yeah, yeah. There's a What's going on in Vrindavan? Sacred hill Govardhan. I'm it's a sacred hill Govardhan, so it's I'm doing a parikrama of that. It's almost 22 kilometers, so I'm going around that slowly. Oh, it's okay. Nice over here. With your how long does? Oh yeah, because you're on crutches. And for most, yeah, for most people, it takes around five to six hours. I'm doing uh, on four four days every day two two hours. So probably in eight hours. Uh, today is the third day. After our podcast, I'll immediately be going for the for a couple of hours. Mm. Wow! And then tomorrow is the last day. Um, wow! Do you have it's people nice here? In the past, I have. Yeah, we have we have a small group of students from Delhi. We also come here. We have some short talks also. So um, it's nice overall. Every day we have to hope that the weather stays good. With rains too much, if it becomes too hot, becomes difficult to go. That's why we go early in the mornings or late in the evenings. Oh, okay, yeah, because it's really hot in India right now, huh? Yes, Delhi is hugely flooded. In fact, there are iconic buildings in Delhi. There's one red fort that is three fourths submerged under the water. So wow, the Yamuna is. Over- the Yamuna is over flooding, and um, even Vrindavan, quite a few parts of it are flooded. So it's quite a bit of drama over here. Wow! Um, fortunately, no casualties as of now, but it's just flooding is there. Is that normal, or is this exceptional this year? Oh, in general, this year the rains seem to be much more than before. And generally, in India, if the rains are more in one part of the country, they are less in another part. But this year, almost all of North India, the rains have been heavy. So all of that water is getting accumulated in the Yamuna and coming down. So it's a bit of a matter of concern. If it abates in the next one or two days, then things should be back to normal. Wow. Wow. It's your world. <laughs> Can't predict. How are you, Veda? I love the floods. Every time I hear of floods, I just love it. I get into this in, into this zone where, you know, when I was a little kid, it used to get flooded every year. And so we used to not have school and we get to make, you know, beds on the trees because our cottages would be completely flooded. And it was a lot of fun. We get to play Huckleberry Finn, you know, in our uh, in our banana rafts. 
banana trees because they float, you know, so you make little rafts out of them. So it's, it's a lot of adventure. Wow. It's funny how you think of how you associate adventure and fun with floods. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. That, that's a good way to um, good way to segue to our topic of the mind because the way the mind uh, interprets or finds meaning or sees things it's quite radically different for different people yeah floods bring me joy and brings grief to others <laughs> yeah so we are asking you are asking us how are you doing radha devi i'm good you know i had a complete freak out this week with my whole phone situation it it was the strangest thing i i have whatsapp you know and i got this message from a leader in my local pittsburgh spiritual community that was like i'm going to send you a code in a few minutes and um i'm starting a new group Pittsburgh group and I need the code to add you to it. And I saw his little picture icon and I like know him really trust him. I'm like that's kind of weird that he needs a code to add me to a group, but I was in the middle of something else honestly and I was like just didn't want to deal with it and I just saw his picture. I'm like okay, I trust him. I'll just send him the code. So I sent him the code and as soon as I sent him the code, my WhatsApp just like just like dissolved. And I'm like what just happened? So I went back to the code message and the code was like this message will transfer your WhatsApp to another phone. Do not share this code with any person, family or friends. And I'm like, "Oh my god, that was so stupid." <laughs> so then then I'm like immediately on my computer like, "Okay, how do I get it back?" I'm like and meanwhile my mind is so frantic. I can't even like think because I just felt like tricked. like it wasn't even like not having my whatsapp anymore it was just like how did i get so tricked just now and i couldn't even think and my and so i read all the you know how you get your whatsapp back but i couldn't even comprehend it cuz my brain turned off so then my husband comes over i'm like babe can you just do this for me i really i can't think right now and i know this is simple but i just i can't think <laughs> i lost access to my brain because i started freaking out So then he did it he, and he like but I now I have to wait 7 days for them to like I don't know verify my identity or whatever but it was so it, what it, it one thing it's like okay not having my whatsapp that's that's something I can kind of you know learn lessons from like I'm way too attached to it and overstimulated by it but two for me it was just like I had so much trust and again this person was an impersonator so it wasn't like the actual leader of my spiritual community was doing this but but i just feeling so tricked it just put me in such a mind spin and this verse this 214 verse came up for me oh no is it 213 the oh no it's 214 the um you know we experience happiness and distress what is it a person is not disturbed in happiness and distress and is steady is both certainly eligible for liberation i just read 15 but it's that it's that thing where the non permanent appearance of happiness and distress and their disappearance in due course are like the disappearance and appearance of winter and summer seasons yeah that's what it is they arise from sense perception 
and one must learn to tolerate them. So it, it was a spiritual win for me in that sense, because usually I would be like, usually I feel something uncomfortable or I'm like, you know, I feel like I'm not the controller or I feel like, um, yeah, that sense of betrayal. And I'm like, even though it's not real and it wasn't real in this circumstance, but I felt it inside my body. I'm like, okay, refrigerator, what can you offer me? (laughs) How can I feel better refrigerator? Or I'm like going into self isolation or, but here, this verse came up for me and I was like, okay, this is going to go away. I just need to sit in this. I just need to let it be. My husband and I went for a walk. I was like, and I didn't do any of those destructive things, even though I felt a lot of intense feelings inside. So it, it was a spiritual win for me. That was a long story to say that, but I, I had to share that with you guys. That's a nice phrase, also spiritual win. Yeah, there's, you lost the WhatsApp, but you, so you can say realize what's up. <laughs> something that is up there within you. And something went up within you, your consciousness. Wonderful. Yeah. So, hope that you recover soon. Thank you. Uh, I'm recovered WhatsApp soon. (laughs) Seven days. I think she, I think somehow it was arranged that she got a little break from the phone because these phones are such a, they can be such distractions and toxic sometimes it never hurts to lose your phone and lose yourself from the world and be taken out of it for a little while so you can recalibrate and and, and take a breather and 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 see where where am i really going what am i doing with this i have had that happen to me and and i was like oh that is so cool now I have like a bona fide excuse. If anybody ever tries to call me in the next week, I can say, hey, I lost my phone. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, so I, I sometimes think that it's nice to intentionally take a little time to say, for the next two days, I'm just going to send a notification. Next two days, I'm just going to go to the woods and do some meditation and japa and, and read. Do some self-care instead of having to care for others from my little device. So that's something that I often think about, that how being forced to stay away from technology is a blessing in disguise for some. Yeah. It is, and it definitely teaches you how attached you are. It definitely shows you how attached you are. But I did notice, like, how I'm not, how I don't show up as present as I'd like to for my husband. I was like, oh, I should be showing up. Like, when I don't have that, I'm like, oh, I'm going to cook for you. And I'm, and it's like, I have a different present-mindedness than, than when I'm just, it's at my fingers all the time, and I'm doing six things at once. It's like, I probably need to stop this a little bit. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. See, see, let's get into the mind now. Let's see what's going on in the mind of people who. My mind? 
ஓகே ஸோ அனாலிசிஸ் ப்ராசஸ் ஐஸ் திங்கிங் ஆஃப் ஹவு டு அப்ரோச் த டாபிக் ஆஃப் த மைண்ட் பட் வாட் வி ஸ்போக் வாஸ் அ குட் செக்வே நோ ஐல் பி ஐல் டாக் அ கப்பல் ஆஃப் கான்செப்ட்ஸ் அண்ட் ஃபீல் ஃப்ரீ டு இன்டர்ப்ட் ஆர் எலாபரேட் ஆர் கான்ட்ரடிக்ட் ஆஸ் யூ ஃபீல் நெசசரி ஸோ வி டிஸ்கஸ் திஸ் பேசிக் மாடல் of the soul mind and body so the mind is like the link between three levels of our existence our spiritual side and our physical side and <coughs> if we consider this to be the outer world now from the outer world perceptions come into the mind and they reach the soul now these perceptions are important for us because we need to function in the world and then after that there are actions that we do in response so our ex- external from the external perspective we could say that these two are what are manifested what are the perceptions going in what are the actions coming out but now what is going on inside that is largely determined by the mind so the mind at one level it integrates perceptions the bhagavad gita talks about this now this particular point is broadly based on 7.4 in the bhagavad gita i won't go too much into the references but this it integrates perceptions from various places that means from the outer world from the different senses perceptions are coming in right now you are seeing something you are hearing something so all of it is coming together and the mind integrates perceptions but that's not the only thing that it does it also you could say stores impressions and those impressions get activated at different times so now you could say broadly there are two functions of a mind to to take in what is going on right now and to store what has happened in the past and then when the mind functions so one of the key functions of the mind is to it generates thoughts now when the thoughts arise inside us arise as a combination of perception and recollection the recollection or you could say you just put it impression the impressions are recollections that are formulated either so if i see a long slithering moving object in front of me when i'm walking on a road immediately hey that might be a snake let me be careful so there is a perception inside me now impression can you can just consider impressions to be memory they are more than that but we consider them memories so the memory gets activated and then a particular kind of thought comes in okay hey this is danger let me be careful 
how dare this snake come in? They can smash it to death. Whatever different kinds of thoughts may come in. So now considering the two experiences that you shared, when the perception came in that for you rather the perception came in that oh my WhatsApp has been blocked. That is a problematic situation. But then, along with that, the impression came in that what was the impression? How could I have been so foolish? Why didn't think about it? Why was I so impulsive? Why was I so thoughtless? Whatever thoughts came in, now those thoughts are not necessarily intrinsic to the perception. In all the fairness, was I, did, I didn't say foolish. <laughs> I'm, I'm I, did, I intentionally said that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, you use the word I think tricked or cheated. Well, yeah. I was tricked. <laughs> You're right, so, though. I did think that. I did but, think I was foolish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you were so clever that you were tricked. <laughs> so okay. So basically, some thought came in, and that thought basically that. Something came from the perception, something came from the impression, and the impression, whatever specifically it might have been, sometimes it's very difficult to articulate. Also, what goes on? Basically, you said your brain turned off, something like that. So at that time, you just couldn't process. So now, so in one sense, you could say this combination of perception and impression, how the two will combine, can be quite unpredictable. So that's what Vedha said. Floods make me happy. I was thinking, are you a sadist? What? How can you flood make you happy? But then when you gave an explanation, that is quite reasonable. Oh, okay, this is what you mean by it. So for us, this combination of perception and impression leads to thoughts being generated in the mind, and then those thoughts can often gain momentum. and they can they can almost entirely control our actions shape our actions all that follows afterwards so i think cc if in we one can, sense yeah would you mind can we zoom in a little bit more on this one because i when i think of perceptions i mean we have five sensory faculties so we perceive yeah. a lot a lot yes correct so we perceive a lot and those perceptions coming from these five sensory faculties are not giving us clear thoughts that's something that i often realize that you know these perceptions there's so many of them and so much data is being absorbed every minute that uh we are alive and those get very loud because those thoughts are too many of them and that's where and then trying to use the perceptions or the impressions it makes the mind even even it seems like almost like a volcanic uncontrolled volcanic eruptions of emotions that happen for example you know rada lost her you know access to her whatsapp i lost my phone at the airport on my way back from last year's european retreat and i didn't have my phone for about 2 weeks 
And so what happened on my phone, there is, you know, there is everything there, you know, my passwords to my banks and everything is there. And so when I lost my phone, I almost was causing this mental uh, blame game. Like, how could I be so silly? How could I be so dumb? And then you spiral down to this feeling of, you know, complete violation. But then you have no one else to blame for being violated because everyone has access. Someone can easily have access to everything. So then I had to just literally sit and just say, you know, get into a state of meditation, do extra japa and meditation to realize, you know, it is perfect. Now there's nothing to hide. They can hack into the phone. They can have access to everything. There's, there's, there's no more, uh, no more hiding behind this, uh, black screen, you know? And so it truly is a lot when every event in our life has not just one little thoughts, but it's a million thoughts. And to compute and make sense of those million thoughts, you really need to do some serious work. So I think maybe we could go in that direction just a little bit. I'm not sure how you feel about that. Yeah, yeah, you just sure. drew this. Do you want to leave Thank what you, you just drew on the board? Because it's really nice. Where you said he lost his I was phone. What you were saying. Yeah, he lost his phone and then he played a mental blame game. He felt violated. but And it seems like there's a point right here at the bottom where he could have kept going down or he could have this is where he like made a decision of which way he wanted to go. He could have kept going down with this narrative or destructive habits, or he could have done what he did and said, you know, okay, I'm going to chant a little, I'm going to meditate a little, I'm going to recalibrate. And then what ended up happening was he saw the positive in it all. So I feel like that spot, that's where I was talking about my spiritual win this morning too. It's like that spot right there when you, your initial emotion and you're dealing with it and it's so intense and everything's coming in and it's just like, you're feeling foolish. <laughs> you're feeling all the things. And it's like, what are you going to do at that moment? <laughs> at that moment, are you going to, are you going to keep going down, down the rabbit hole of like all this negativity? Or are you going to make a conscious decision to do something that could bring you up? And like, what happens at that time? Mm. Yeah. So it's a good, uh, and this, what you said, I just tried to depict it. So what you were saying is that, and both of you are talking two distinct points. Maybe I'll address each one of them separately. So one thing which you mentioned about there being multiple perceptions, you know, we could consider the mind to be like a monitor. And now some people, if they're in a browser, they may have like 25 tabs open. Mm -hmm. And sometimes some sudden noise is coming from some tab and you don't even know which tab the noise is coming from. So, or we could say there are multiple windows open and each of them is having some stimulus So there could be many, many stimuli, like many, many 
narsimha like inputs coming in if you could visualize something like a the security center for a high secu- high security building then they will have all these cctv cameras uh, from all the doors of the building maybe all the windows all the entries all the exits all the key points and they're all together and the security officer say sitting here and is looking and while they are looking at all these they have to decide okay on all these windows which of these is important if you see a suspicious looking person coming over here somewhere then that window they press it it zooms out so for us yes there's a lot of sensory overload sensory data coming in for us and quite sometimes it can just become sensory overload but it is for us to choose what do i zoom in on and that's one aspect of it another point is that so we can say that what we is one way i put it you know what catches our attention catches us so sometimes there might be a decoy some somebody wants to rob the building or just enter into the building and disrupt something and they send a decoy in one door and then oh who is this person you get caught in looking at that door and somebody else sneaks in from the other door something like that so for us what whatever catches our attention what it means is safe this particular window is what uh, catches our attention then the next day what will happen is in the entire wind in the entire monitor of the mind that particular window will zoom out and occupy everything and then all the other things will just become minor background noises we won't even notice them which one should zoom out which one should focus on this what zooms out that can happen by conscious intention or it can also happen by unconscious habit would you say zoomed out i i would say zoom in i mean you're completely in it okay i think it's using different terminology zoom in okay the, the window zooms out it expands yeah. what we zoom on to it's zoom out okay. relative to the mind right i think it's it's just a matter of perspective of the way that he's using the term but i think the meaning is the same right this put it what expands it's interesting okay what expands you just put it as what expands hmm so what we zoom into what the window that expands so it could happen either by conscious intention it can open by unconscious habit either way and now when it hap- when this happens in this way both of these conscious intention or unconscious habit to some extent they are shaped by the impressions 
the impressions that are already there inside they will to some extent determine for example i say oh, that is dangerous that that person looks dangerous that that bulge in that person's uh, pocket seems to be like a gun that person is carrying a sling that is a metal detector that went on over there maybe that person has got some explosive so there is some previous information we have and that previous information triggers triggers an alarm triggers a, the call for attention triggers at least an alert if not an alarm so similarly for us there are certain things which just just capture our attention so if somebody is say an alcoholic and they come into a room may they come to a party there are 100 there may be dozens of people over there there is some music going on there is there is this and that but there and maybe there's a, on a table there are there are dozens of refreshments but their eyes will go straight to where the where are the drinks what are the drinks what can i drink right now so that is the effect of impression now when i say unconscious habit it can be destructive it can also be constructive so for example a firefighter comes to is called to arena of whether the fire i say huge fire and now in one sense what do you do but by habit okay this fire is here there are some civilian areas over there let us stop the fire from going there let's attack it from that side so both positives and negatives are there but these are now is it their conscious thinking and planning no it almost like that instincts kick into place so in uh, so there are two words over here we could these are impulse and instinct in both of these in both impulse and instinct we don't really think consciously and this impulse we just get a urge from within we act instinct also something tells us from within and we do it but generally instincts are considered more constructive the firefighters instincts tell them go over here should do this stop the fire in this side but these all come from what we have done in the past so the firefighters have trained themselves repeatedly so somebody has sought escape way in drinking and as soon as they come to body list okay how can i drink now in the two example that you cited for both of you what happened was that whether you you have practiced meditation you have experienced the benefit of meditation so when the spiral was going down it is like the instinct to take shelter spiritually to meditate an instinct it get got activated it came in and it prompted you toward meditation and similarly for you when you remember the gita verse you have been studying the gita you are meditating on the gita and then that that thought came in and that brought some calmness that allowed you to let go of things so that's just a quick reflection on psychological psychological from psychological perspective about the mind yeah that actually really fits into the picture above too because what you well the the graph well it, i kind of turned it into a graph i don't know if that was what you intended but when we were saying that when you're talking about all the perceptions that come in and we get to that point where you could keep going down or you can make a conscious decision to come up what you're saying is when you get to that point the decision that you make is going to be based off of your past impressions so 
if your past impressions are dealing with things in an unhealthy way, like you said, drinking or refrigerator or, or negative talk to yourself, what, whatever it be, that's what you're going to do. That's what's going to determine your destiny. Whereas if your past impressions, if what you're cultivating, like you said, like with me, like I'm trying to, I'm studying Veda, meditating. If that's what your past impressions are, then that's how you're going to handle it. So what I just heard is like, we all need to be very conscious of our habits because they will shape our destiny. When it comes to those moments, those moments where, you know, you could make a decision that could really impact your life and it could be purely based off of emotion, just because you're really feeling something in that moment, really emotional. If you don't have those strong impressions hold that we can hold on to that, then when those moments come for us all, it's going to be a struggle. Yes. You know, this is two things over here. That sometimes we say try to be conscious of choices we make every moment to moment. And it is good to try to do that, but actually it is quite difficult. Life is too complicated. There are too many two things to be done. So, in one sense, while we can try to be conscious at all times, so if I'm, if say, I'm conscious, okay, now I'm spiraling, spiraling down. I won't spiral down. Now I'm exhibiting a unhealthy coping mechanism. So it's it, at that time the spiral is started becoming so big, so forceful, so fast that it's almost impossible to be conscious and redirect at that time. But if you have cultivated a healthy habit then that habit, that in resulting from that habit, that itself will interrupt. So, like say, you're talking about credit card. You know, somebody may have an urge to splurge. They buy this and they buy that and they buy that. And at that time, they think, I, think, I, I shouldn't be buying. spending so much money. That my thought might not come. But if they have set some limit on the credit card, okay, at one time, I'll not withdraw more than $500 or $1,000 or whatever it is. I was thinking uh, a beautiful uh, diagram here. I was, I had this thought in my mind. I want to see if we can elaborate a little bit on this. If we consciously cultivate positive habits, then that conscious cultivation becomes a subconscious reaction which will be positive in our lives. Is that is that a fair statement to make? Because, you know, once becomes, it, it becomes instinctive. So, so would you say that that is the reason why we do sadhana? We consciously cultivate good habits on a regular basis that it becomes uh, our, uh, our it, it's so uh, etched in our subconscious mind that our instincts are even more uh, quickly able to uh, address the difficult situations and, and circumstances in life. Yes, perfectly put. Nicely combined. 
you could say subconsciously executed choices or subconscious choices so sadhana our spiritual practices they are they will lead us if we make a habit of sadhana they will lead us to good choices because that will be creating an impression within us so yes that's a in one sense rather yeah go ahead rather me uh, i was just going to say that in sadhana for me like when you said beta you sat down and meditated when i was really in it and i was really emotional i was like oh, i should meditate i should chant i should i should read and my mind was like too nuts i like couldn't handle it <laughs> i was like i it, it was not somewhere i could go at that time but this verse came into my head like okay these moments of happiness and distress they come and go they're like the seasons they're going to change you've been this distressed before and you're not you you're not you've been really happy before so you know this is going to pass so just try to ride it out so i'm like okay what can i do so then i needed to like do something i'm like okay well, let's go outside and go for a walk so i wasn't able to make a sudden a decision but i felt like i was able to know enough that okay this is going to this is going to leave it's i i remember a time where i've been really distressed and then i wasn't shortly after so i just need to make a decision right now that's not going to bring me lower so i go ahead go ahead no no what are you saying it's interesting because i do sadhana uh consciously and i also do sadhana helplessly so this sadhana that i resorted to and i lost my phone at the airport it was like there's nothing i can do the phone is gone everything i could do i've reported and you know it is what it is and so i just you know at this point there's nothing i can do to help myself so i surrender so there is sadhana for me i i i realize that i do it uh, consciously so that i can have good consciousness and then throughout my day and then when i encounter difficulties that i cannot control you know helplessly like somebody help me so this are like two times uh two forms of sadhana that i personally do when i'm consciously want to be in good consciousness and when i'm helplessly seeking to be in good consciousness Okay, Veda, this is what I need to learn from you. Your mood of surrender. <laughs> I don't have it. <laughs> I'm forced. <laughs> Sorry, CC, I had interrupted you. I remember you. in 20... <laughs> so, in this, uh, con- this point of our... if we consider our life you know there are in one sense there are daily activities that we consider as ordinary hmm then there are special activities which we don't do all the time so in one sense we get maybe we decide to go on a trek we go sightseeing we do this we do that we have a daily job and maybe we have holidays when we go where 
so quite often the tendency is that overrate the importance of the special activities the special events and we underrate what we do on a daily basis now of course in terms of our experiences the special activities may have uh, they may they may need to lot of special memories oh i went there i saw this i did this but in terms of long term impact the activities that we do daily they create much deeper stronger impressions and if we focus on fixing so we could you know we could we can be fixing daily activities or we can be seeking special activities is strictly normal think oh if only i could go and watch this or do this or do that my life would be so much better yeah maybe it would be but what what will make a much bigger changes in our daily activities if you can fix them in a small degree in one sense if we consider our life this is totality of our life we all have certain things that fill much of our life we take food we talk with our family we do our work we we may cook we do laundry whatever uh, maybe we exercise so these normally we think that the, these activities which we are doing these are just ordinary they are routine but routine activities also create impressions and if you can make these routine activities better in some small ways okay i i greet maybe 20 people every day if i just decide okay whenever i greet somebody i'll try to have a warmer smile maybe have a warmer tone when i greet that itself might seem to be a small thing but if that becomes a habit you know my day will become warmer i'll help others to make their day warmer so that so these are small changes in daily activities can actually have a big change in our life overall that's because these daily activities are creating impressions in our mind and that's why these kind of situations that we talked about you know where you faced big faced a significant problem losing a phone or losing whatsapp that it is very difficult to anticipate such a problem and prepare for it but the preparation was in terms of having a spiritual habit having a spiritual um spiritual spiritual activity turned towards and that made a big change over there instead of spiraling down we went upward you know as you were saying this one of the thoughts in my mind is how much the mind hates routine at the initial stages it just does not like to do the same thing every day why do i have to eat the same food every single day i want to try something different and so i realize it takes like i do my sadhana i wake up at 3:30 a.m. to do my sadhana in the morning and my mind just like does not like it and it has taken me a while to for my mind to just accept it and now it's like oh not doesn't matter what time i go to bed my mind my body wants to wake me up at a certain time because you know i'm supposed to do something so I, in in my experience 
mind does not like routine. And once it gets into the routine, then it accepts. And then eventually it allows you to kind of just go with it. it and it almost seems like it's not always, uh, uh, it's not always there to support you to do this daily routine habit changes. So that's an observation I had with my own mind and dealing with, uh, we're here in the monk mode and, you know, it's, it's a struggle, especially if we went to bed, even if it's half an hour a little later than an usual bedtime. So maybe we can talk a little bit on that one, CC. The, the, the nature mm. of the mind, just not liking this thing. Because we keep talking, we're coming back to the mind. Mm. I, I heard a story. Uh, yeah. I, I heard a, I was, I was just reading a study the other day about how we only have so much willpower. So to make conscious, healthy decisions, it should have the expectation that we're capable of making healthy, conscious decisions 24 seven. It's just unrealistic. It's, it's more realistic to, to try to get into some of these habits because exactly what we're saying, one thing will come along. And if, if we've exerted, if, if, you know, it's, it's five o'clock in the afternoon and we've spent all day exerting so much willpower, like eventually we run out of it. And so better to kind of build these things into your life in a, in a habitual way. And then I love what CC said too here. If you do that, these small changes in your life that you do, that's where you get the big change in your life. That's, you that's know, like- really profound. I look at my mind like a little baby, you know, just like insatiable appetite to do different things, nonstop, knock things off the shelves. And then a two-year-old kid. And then my intelligence is what has to continuously kick in with the mind and have this nonstop dialogue, you know? So, and then through this process of having the dialogue between the mother and the child, then eventually the child, if it has sufficient reasonable explanations, then, you know, it, it complies, you know, with hesitation, but it complies. So this is like this daily battle of sadhana that happens early in the morning because from 3.30 a.m. to about 9, we're in the mode of sadhana. What do you think, CC? Enlighten us on all of that. <laughs> yeah, I think. I'll just make a couple of points. I think we'll have to summarize also soon. So, Veda made the point about the mind hates routines. As I was talking at that time, there's a verse, Bhagavad 18.37, which states that there are many things which taste like poison in the beginning, but they turn out to be nectar in the end. So, we need to push through the poison till we get there. So, cultivating a healthy habit, doing the same thing at the same time every day, it can seem tiresome, it can seem boring, and the mind will resent it. And you said, what is the poison over here? The mind's 
it can be the boredom the mind's resentment the mind's antipathy in general it could be even the mind's distraction hmm? distractedness you can say more precisely it just goes off somewhere else but if you can push through it all so when i sit down to meditate i might say this is not very interesting hey, come on why do i have to spend so much time on this i have so many other things to do so as you can say boredom resentment distractedness is there but no this is important and i want to do this so if we just push ourselves through the poison gradually we do get to the nectar and the nectar is we have we could say in this case we'll have calm we'll have calmness we have our clarity we'll have <clears throat> confidence okay this is how this is how i'm seeing things so to link this back to the past to the starting point of our session talking about how so many perceptions come into us and one or the other perception just enlarges and occupies our mental screen but when that particular perception is enlarging if you made a healthy habit okay you know is not this important let me focus on this and then while these two perceptions are in one sense competing within each other competing with each other within us there is we could say that there is one perception okay let me put in different colors to illustrate this there is something that is destructive something that is constructive there is a distraction so and then there is there is what what is you could say what is object of focus what is something which is constructive for us so these two are competing and when the distraction has its own momentum try to push back against it it is the poison in the beginning hmm? so but we we use our intelligence to push over here this pushing is like the poison but eventually when the consciousness becomes cleared we get immersed in the meditative experience not only at that time do we feel calm but after that that calmness carries with us during the rest of the day and we can respond more judiciously we can stay more stable amid ups and downs like nectar this is worth it so poison in the beginning nectar in the end any concluding comments before i summarize yeah i i feel like my big takeaway from this session today is really looking at my daily habits and whether my daily habits are laying the way for healthy decisions down the line down the line and generating those kinds of good impressions that i want to pull from when i'm in those moments of strong emotion and um dis- despair so the importance of healthy habits yeah i agree <laughs> undoubtedly fully agree veda ji anything you want to add uh yes how important it is to 
same thing, you know, the sadhana every day, just mm. uh, a little internal dialogue with the mind and, 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 and not being too harsh with it, compassionately having a dialogue and just pushing through every day, yes. So yeah, importance of healthy habits. Yeah, thank you. So I'll try to quickly summarize. We talked about mind as the link between the body and the soul. And within that, I talked about the mind, its content, its thoughts come from a combination of perception and impression. And how exactly that will get combined, that is, it's, all, it's unique to each individual. It's a unique, and you could say, even for the same individual, it is unpredictable. And then we compare the mind to a to a like a big TV with TV monitor with many windows with many stimuli, and one become enlarges. So, which so there is often. Which sensory input, which sensory perception, it enlarges, it occupies the screen. That can be by conscious intention or it can be by unconscious habit. So we discussed our focus was on to trying to uh, constantly choose, make a good choice is quite difficult. That's why we focused on the theme of cultivating healthy habits as we cultivate these healthy habits they will act as our eventually they will become our instincts I differentiate between instincts not impulses impulses are generally more destructive so these instincts as they become these healthy instincts become a part of us then they will take us toward good choices so we focus on Cultivating healthy habits, especially the healthy habit of sadhana that can actually help us grow spiritually and develop a inner momentum to, to take shelter, to connect with the spiritual core and thereby respond to life with greater stability, with greater maturity. Thank you very much. Thank you.